I used to be a very timid, negative thinker and people pleaser. Then my relationship with God changed all that around. Now I have this podcast called The Essence of Life, where I share with people about various aspects of life. For example, your health, finances, personal development, your relationships, and of course, your spirituality. And just how you can balance all of these things together to live the abundantly blessed and balanced life that Jesus came for you to live. John 10.10 tells us, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came so that you can have life and to live it to the full and to enjoy it. If you would like to know more about this podcast, please subscribe for more content on living the abundantly balanced life. Sebo, sounds good. God bless you. Being a part of a healing and deliverance ministry has opened my eyes a lot to the level of witchcraft that exists in our world today and just how much we need to be aware of these things and put our efforts and our trust in God to ensure that these things do not take over our lives. In this episode, I am going to be talking about what do you do after you have been delivered from demonic possession or a demonic spirit and there's three main questions i will be answering in this episode what is demonic possession and some of the signs of it in your life how you can get delivered from it and what to do after you have gotten this deliverance so let's take a quick look at what is demonic possession what exactly is Natisha talking about when she talk about demonic possession telling people that they're possessed by demons and that kind of crazy stuff now of course we may make jokes about these things like i've heard people say to each other lightly oh you're possessed and they laugh about it like it's a joke but let me tell you this is something that is extremely real and it is something that we need to be aware of So according to um, George Fox University, it's uh, by R.K. Burford, it says that demonic possession can be defined as a condition in which one or more evil spirits or demons inhabit the body of a human being. And it can most likely cause them to react and do things in a certain way because they are not of themselves. There are different ways that someone can open doors to demonic possession it could be that you're not covered by god you're not in a deep enough relationship with god to be protected by him you could get it through sexual intercourse with someone else who may have the spirit and you're sharing that there are multiple ways that someone can open a door in themselves of themselves to demonic possession so it's important for us to note that and try our best to avoid it as much as possible now when i think of demonic possession i think a lot about the story of the the demon possessed man in the bible in mark chapter 5 and that specific scripture gives so much detail on demonic possession and what exactly was or is taking place there now there are people who try to downplay demonic possession and make associations with it um, and call it you know psychological or mental disorders and though there may be a thin line between the two there are instances when our minds are truly just out of 
whack as we'll probably say because of all the issues that we're dealing with spiritually or even physically but there are times when you are or you could actually be possessed by a demon and i will give you a name of a psychologist who has actually experienced it through an exorcism and then he now shifts his mind and he says this his name is dr richard galgaffer and i think i've mentioned him on this podcast before because i have mentioned a bit about demonic possession i think the name of the episode is who or what is possessing you it's either you're possessed by god or you are possessed by the devil so he's an ivy league educated board certified psychiatrist who teaches at columbia university and new york medical college all right but he got to experience demonic possession in another woman and fighting and dealing with satan's minions as the article would say and he makes the statement that demonic possession is real as much as he calls himself a man of science he has now become the person that people can go to to deal with this kind of thing so i want to say this because i want people to understand that when i speak When I speak about biblical concepts and biblical principles, it's not just something that I'm taking solely from the Bible, but I like to uh, venture out into research on other perspectives, like scientific in particular, because this is one of the major opposing beliefs. Uh, when it comes to Christianity. So I like to help us to see it from different perspectives so we know for a fact that what I'm speaking about is not just something that I took directly and only from the Bible, although the Bible in itself does carry a lot of merit. So as we continue with this, we have an understanding, okay, this is what demonic possession is. I am going to read for us or skim through the scripture of when Jesus restores the demon-possessed man in Mark chapter 5 verses 1 through all the way to 20 and i'm going to just give you some of the symptoms some of the signs that someone and i'm not saying that after this episode you have the right to diagnose anybody and say oh you're demon possessed and you need deliverance but i'm giving this for informational purposes so you can have an idea and it can allow you to question and seek uh proper and professional advice on whether or not you or someone you know could be possessed by a demon So it starts like this, when they went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes, please help me here, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. So right there, there's a first symptom. The person is living in the tombs. That means that person is living in a dead place. There is no life in that place. That the great T.D. Jakes has actually mentioned that his friends and family abandoned him to the tomb, to the world of the dead, that by association, eventually he would be so consumed by these demons that he also would probably most likely be dead. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. There's a special level of strength that someone who is demon possessed has and they usually display that when they they are exposed so i have seen cases in our church where we're doing a, a deliverance and the person gets increasingly strong like this one average height female or male could kick down or push off or fight off five or six men who are trying to hold them down so that's why it's saying that 
this man could not even be bound by chains. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. This is a level of strength that is way beyond what this average man could have had in his natural self. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Self-harm. People who are dealing with self-harms, teenagers in particular, you are dealing with self-harm. This is when the enemy has now taken this part of you and turned you against yourself. Whatever anger, rejection, or hurt you're dealing with, the enemy has consumed you so deeply that he has now allowed you to turn it onto yourself and that's why you cut yourself. So the fact that someone could be cutting themselves could be evidence of demonic possession and it stated right here in mark chapter 5 the man was cutting himself with stones when he saw jesus from a distance he ran and fell on his knees in front of him that means he began to manifest they do that when they see men and women of god or they experience the power of god they begin to directly manifest he shouted at the top of his voice he shouted he didn't speak calmly he shouted what do you want with me, Jesus, the son of the most high God. If it's one thing about demons is they know of the power of God. They know God. Devil knows God. He knows God. And he knows of the power of God. So this is what this man is doing here. In God's name, don't torture me. The devil is afraid of the power of God and is begging Jesus not to torture him. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. I want to hold off here because this man is now saying that they are many. So it's not just one, but there's multiple, it's legions. And as it goes further down, you know, the, the spirits then ask Jesus to send them into the pigs, don't kill them or whatever. And Jesus sends them into the pig and they were so strong that all of these came from one man. It was sent into multiple pigs, yet it was so strong that the pigs couldn't handle it that they killed themselves. They ran over the cliff and committed suicide. So this tells us the level and the strength of demonic possession. That this is, this is, not, this is not a force for us to play with. So I wanted us to have an understanding of some ideas what demonic possession can look like in its most extreme situation. The person is not acting themselves. They're very much in a dead place. Sometimes they're in a state of depression that they just can't seem to get out of. There are actions that they're doing that people who know them from their past know that's not who they are. They cannot be subdued. It's like, and, and that part that's, thank you, Holy Spirit, that part where he said he could no longer be subdued, not even with chains. It can be a figurative language as well because it could mean that People could try their best to try to help you and change you, but you just do not receive and accept it. You continue to break and burst through that type of help that these persons are giving you to try to bind you. You are just breaking out of that because you do not want to accept it. So it could also be something figurative there in the scriptures. Because remember, the scriptures are parables. So how can someone get delivered from demonic possession? What did Jesus do? Jesus said to him in verse 8, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. So when you have or you know of someone who is experiencing demonic possession, 
the best bet is to find someone who believes in God, who has the level of faith and spiritual qualification and abilities to speak to that demon or demons in the name of Jesus and to tell them to come out. This is what you do to get deliverance from it. There are instances when people talk about self-deliverance, but sometimes if you are so consumed by demons, I'm not sure how self-deliverance would help. You definitely need to get help from other spiritual leaders who are connected deeply and purely with God, who have the authority to speak against these demons and tell them to leave. So deliverance is a process. Sometimes it could take a few days. It could take a few um times for example some people have to come to the pastor three times on three separate occasions to get a complete deliverance some people um you know they have to vomit some people cry some people vomit some people fat some people pass out all sorts of things like pass out frogs or pass out strange objects whatever it is based on the level of possession they might pass it out whether through their mouth or from below Okay, so deliverance is a process. It can be extreme. It can be painful. It can be confusing to the people who have to experience it. It could make somebody feel like they're going to lose their mind. And it is a definite, definite heavy type of spiritual fight. That is why when our pastors and our spiritual leaders engage in spiritual deliverance, it draws from us. It makes us weak because our bodies have to be so strong spiritually in order for us to stand against this level of demonic warfare so the next question i want to answer is what do you do after so after you have identified that there is a demonic possession and you have gone through the deliverance process where the the demons are commanded through an authority of god to leave you in the name of jesus and uh, the next thing is what do you do after this deliverance and this is the aim of this podcast what does someone do after they have gone through such a process called deliverance when a demon has left you what are you supposed to do and i'm going to read another scripture to you and it's called matthew 12 43 to 50 i might not read all the way down but it says this when an evil spirit leaves a person because it has been commanded to it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none then it says I will return to the person I came from. Familiarity breeds content. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Because you got cleaned, you got cleansed. So if you don't put God in your in your heart, in that instance, if you don't aspire to have a relationship with God, if you don't try your best to stay close to God so that your God could actually now possess you and the spirit of God could now fill you up, this demon is going to see you as empty. And here's what it does. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. This is what is written in the book, the great Bible. So after you get delivered, it is your responsibility to ensure that whatever possesses your body after is God and his spirit and his presence and his power. 
Because if you do not make sure that God is who is now in your heart and in your life, that demon is going to go find not one, not two, not even three or five, but seven more wicked, evil demons than itself. And they're going to join together. So that is eight. Eight demons will now possess your body. And I remember we have a mother of our church. I think I said it in the last episode too. She said to me, I ain't going back in the world. What am I going to do with eight demons? Because she believes in this so deeply that, hey, if you go back and you you go away from what has happened and you ignore your deliverance like it was just nothing, you are opening yourself and doors to eight more demons in your life. So what do you do? after you have been delivered, after you have experienced deliverance, if you have never given your heart to God, it would be the best time to do so. Because what God has done is saved you from being like that man in Gadara, that man that was living in the tombs where his friends and his family gave up on him because they couldn't do anything else to help him. People, essence listeners, I want us to understand that demonic possession is real. Some people regard it as obia when they see demonic forces manifest in our church and we do deliverance processes. I can understand your ignorance, but this is why I'm doing this episode that even those who will be delivered could listen to it and know what they had just experienced, what they have gone through, and the next step in their life. The most critical thing to do when you have been delivered from a demon or multiple demons is to give your life to God and to stay in God so that God's presence can fill your life. So there is no room for a demon to think it could enter and possess your body and to work evil things through you. I hope that you're listening to this. I hope you will take it. I hope the wisdom of God will use it to minister to you and to teach you exactly what it is that you need to know. Because I always say it's important for you to use this information correctly and for you to understand it in the way that God wants you to understand. We don't want to consistently have to fight the same demons over and over. And we can help each other by ensuring that once we have gotten freed and delivered from a demon or more, that it is our responsibility to make sure that we keep ourselves in such a manner that is in God that there is no room for demonic possession. There is no room for a demon to come. So when the demon comes back, he will be disappointed. When the demon comes back, she will be disappointed because God has now inhabited your being. His spirit is now strong within you. His presence is now reigning in your life and there is no room for demons. Thank you so much for listening to the Essence of Life podcast. And I think that you should scroll along in the list and listen to the episode that is called Who or What is Possessing You? Is it God or the Devil? Make sure you listen to that. Thank you so much for leaving your feedback. Those of you who comment on Spotify, I appreciate it. Those of you who actually called me from the last few episodes I did on marriages, you called me and you gave me your feedback. I appreciate it so much. I thank God for using me. I continue to remain humble and let his perfect will be done. See you next time. C'est bon? Sounds good.